Hello and welcome to Trashy Trashy, where we take a dumpster dive on this week's garbage people and a look at all the trashiest news stories. My name is Erica and I am your host. And my name is Cassandra and I'm your other host. Hello, Erica. Oh my Hel- God. Hello. Happy Saturday. Happy, well, happy Monday, listener. Happy Saturday to you, though, Erica. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. This is a little peep behind the curtain. We record this beforehand, but we have to. I mean, you know, we have to. You, you watch talk shows and all that stuff. You think they're doing that shit live? Hell no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think Tom Cruise jumped on the couch and it just went straight into America's TV viewing area? Mm-mm. It's shocking that you brought that up because I was using that term to describe myself. Yeah, I think I mentioned last week, you know, I was taken to a nice dinner by my partner. and. I got I got drunk that night and I was just I was just love drunk that night and I was describing it the next day to people as Tom Cruise jumping on the couch love love crazy uh-huh. which is not healthy <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I really liked him last week I really liked him last week <laughs> it you know it ebbs and flows you know relationships have those peaks and those valleys <laughs> and you were at a peak. I was, I was. We're good now, obviously, but, you know, I'm not, like, fucking losing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. How are you trash this week? So I thought this might be interesting to explore because I think we all have these things. Just, like, a food that you eat that when other people find out that you eat it, people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And or like a combination of foods, you know, like people like people sometimes people put ketchup on macaroni and cheese and that grosses people out or, you know, like what does that gross you out? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no ketchup with macaroni and cheese and hot dogs in it is very good. But we that's not what I'm trying to talk about right now. I so I used to do I haven't done this in a long time because I don't I just don't tend to buy these uh, types of foods because I'm very far up my own ass now. But I used to do frozen blueberry waffles with a piece of like like uh craft single cheese in between oh my god so it was like <laughs> so it was like a grilled cheese sandwich but the bread was these like blueberry egos and it was so good but the really fucked up i mean that's that's like probably maybe gross to some people but the fucked up part is that sometimes I would eat the waffles like still frozen. Oh my god! <laughs> what? Because <laughs> like, look, this these waffles aren't food. They're not freezing completely. There's like some sort of chemical element in there. It's not they're they're not completely frozen like rock hard. There's still some give and some chew. I don't know why I would do this. I have had it warmed up as well, and it's good. But sometimes I would just take two out of the bag of the freezer, put the cheese in and just, you know, like through that like spongy, cold blueberry. (laughs) This is embarrassing. The way you're looking at me now (laughs) makes me feel like I've made a mistake. I am forever changed. (laughs) No. I would do this shit and it would like. I also like this kind of was like a no breaks food a little bit for me because like this is there's. Like the depression of this meal is is mm-hmm. evident. So like, it's not just one sandwich. I like sometimes I would have two, three, maybe four. Suddenly the the egos are gone, you know. And I'm like, 
oh, okay, that was eight waffles. That's four sandwich. That's four cheese sandwiches. And I only heated up one of them. <laughs> so I don't do that anymore. But that <laughs> that fucking really happened. If you have weird foods that you've eaten in the past or you still eat, please tell us about it because I'm feeling pretty vulnerable right now. Uh, <laughs> I support you. I stand behind you, but I am forever changed by that information. Oh, no. <laughs> it was because I still ate them frozen, huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why are you trash this week? <laughs> well, as... As I've talked about before, I'm doing a rewatch of a lot of Drag Race, which mm-hmm. is, I get it. I'll stop talking about it soon. Is this a rewatch? Because you, you're on to new countries. Yeah, I've, I've conquered all the other countries so far. Well, no, I've got Spain, Australia is coming out in May. So I'm, I'm rewatching American Drag Race. Okay. And Jinx <laughs> Monsoon yes. on season five. I just actually watched season five recently. So much fun. So much fun. But they wore Dia de los Muertos makeup for a challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it triggered a memory that I've tried to suppress of an audition that I had when I was trying to be an actress mm-hmm. for a, a role, an action role of a woman who is killing men who are killing women in Mexico. And I auditioned. With a half face of Dia de los Muertos makeup, because that's what the character wore. And I wore a leather jacket and black jeans and black motorcycle boots. And the director loved it. And I was like, this is bad. I'm a white woman. And it was 2013. It was a very long time ago. But I wore half the eye makeup on one side of my face. And I had to audition for like 30 minutes, like a semi-action scene with a fake knife in my hand, wearing this makeup. And he was like, can you do it more? Um, and he was struggling to find the words to be like, can you just be Latinx? Oh. And I was like, obviously not, sir. <laughs> like, I am very white. <laughs> and somehow I did not get that role. Even though he made you do it for 30 minutes? It was the longest audition of my life. Like, I had a scene partner that was part of the, like, part of the casting crew Mm -hmm. that they made me do this, like, knife fight with where I had to, like, walk in a circle and do a monologue. And I had to do it over and over again. And he kept just coming up with, like, can you just be Latinx? (laughs) I was like, oh, my gosh. Obviously not. So I apologize. (laughs) I was in the wrong. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of those things, because I've done the makeup before on Dia de los Muertos, Mm -hmm. and I believe that now, as time shows that I was in the wrong uh, as well, so that's a learning curve that It was a big one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had to drive home in that makeup and just pray no one saw me. I wore like a hoodie into my own home just so I could oh just my gosh. go immediately wash my face. It was a huge learning curve. I welcome any emails about how I may have offended someone. I totally get it, but I was complete garbage for doing that. Historical trash. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, the and the film industry is just rough. I mean, I think a lot of people are aware that like up until recently, you know, they just didn't cast like Emma Stone let's cast her mm-hmm. to play an Asian role or th- I mean that was just kind of like what it what it was which is super shitty and I'm glad that that stuff is changing and um mm-hmm. I you're I think you I think you'll be okay Erica <laughs> okay I hope so I hope so I've learned I hope my so lesson too I like I said I've done that makeup as well on on the day and you know yeah I think you'd be okay. I mean, like I said, I've 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 done that makeup before in the past. It's like 2000, probably around the same time actually, 2013, 2014 on the day cuz I wanted to celebrate the holiday and, you know, retrospect, I am not Mexican American, I'm Cuban American and I it's just not it's not how I should celebrate the holiday. I can celebrate the holiday. We can all celebrate the holiday in our own way, but man, learn learning things, right? Lesson learned. Uh, big time. Yes. Big time. Let's please uh, don't cancel us. Please don't cancel us. No. Let's get into our first story of the week about a dog who shouldn't be canceled. I like this story. I do too. Which is probably why it's on today.com. The Today Show gives us those real good stories. Brutally honest adoption ad for demonic chihuahua goes viral. Have you ever heard of a chihuahua described as a haunted Victorian child? What about a Chucky doll in a dog's body? Well, now you have. A tweet about a demonic chihuahua named Prancer who is up for adoption has gone viral on Twitter due to the brutally honest description written by the foster owner of what potential adopters could expect from the dog. This is really sweet. I kind of want to just read the, um, like, straight from Twitter. I kind of just want to read the ad. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've tried. I've tried for the last several months to to post this dog for adoption and make him sound palatable. The problem is he's just not. This is the foster people, by the way. I don't know if you already said that. But these are like, these are these are foster parents. There's not a very big market for a neurotic, man-hating, animal-hating, children-hating dogs that look like gremlins. But I have to believe there's somewhere out there, someone out there for Prancer, because I'm tired, and so is my family. Every day we live in the grips of the demonic Chihuahua hellscape he has created in our home. If you own a Chihuahua, you probably know what I'm talking about. He's literally the Chihuahua mean that describes them as being 50% hate and 50% tremble. If you're intrigued and horrified at how this animal sounds already, just wait, there's more. Prancer came to me obese, wearing a cashmere sweater with a bacon, egg, and cheese stuffed in his crate with him. I should have known in that moment that their dog would be a problem. She explained how the previous owner was an elderly woman who treated Prancer like a human and didn't socialize him. So sprinkle in a little genetic predisposition for being nervous and you've concocted a neurotic mess, a.k.a. Prancer. His first week, he was too terrified to have a personality. As awful as it sounds, I kind of liked him better that way. He was quiet and just laid on the couch, didn't bother anyone. I was excited to see him come out of his shell and become a real dog. I am convinced at this point he is not a real dog, but more like a vessel for a traumatized Victorian child that now haunts our home. She also made epic references to the office in terms of how Prancer gets along with other animals. We have somewhat come to an agreement that it's wrong to attack the other animals, she explained. But you know that episode of The Office where Michael Scott silently whispers, I'll kill you to Toby? 
That's Prancer having to begrudgingly coexist with others when I'm around. Prancer only likes women, nothing else. He hates men more than women do, which says a lot. If you have a husband, don't bother applying unless you hate him. Prancer has lived with a man for six months and has still not accepted him. He bonds to a woman and takes his job of protection very seriously. He offers better protection than capital security. Holy shit, this is a spicy ad. This uh, <laughs> They left that out of the Today Show article. This also extends to other animals. He, uh, have other dogs, cats don't apply unless they like being shaken up like a rag doll by a 13 pound rage machine. Jeez Louise. Prancer wants to be your only child. <laughs> yes, no children. My goodness. I have you ever had a dog or been around a dog that's like not been socialized well? Yes, I have. I don't believe that they're lost causes though. Mm-hmm. It just takes patience. It takes a, a lot of patience, a lot of patience. We, I grew up in the country and people would abandon dogs all the time, mm-hmm. like drive them out to the country, turn them loose. And that's typically how we got our dogs was we would just rescue these, you know, somebody got a dog for Christmas and then they couldn't take care of it. And so every spring we would get a new dog. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's awful, but I mean, that's the way. And so a lot of our dogs were like afraid of men because men had abused them. Mm-hmm. And so it took a long time to like socialize. And our dogs were always outside dogs. They had dog houses and we had a porch, but they were outside dogs until uh, me and my sister left the home. And then all of a sudden dogs are allowed in the house. <gasps> so, <laughs> Whoa, the old it's- dogs moved out. The old dogs moved out. We got to get two new dogs in. This woman goes on. So what are his good traits? He is loyal beyond belief. Although to tell you a secret, his complex really is just a facade for his fear. If someone tried to kill you, I guarantee I guarantee he would run away screeching. But as far as companionship, you'll never be alone again. He likes to go for car rides. He's housebroken. He knows a few basic commands. He is quiet and non-destructive when left at home alone. And even though we call him baloney face, he is still kind of cute to look at. He also smiles when he's excited. His ideal home would be with a single woman, a mother and daughter, or a lesbian couple. You can't live in an apartment or a condo unless you want him to ankle bite your neighbors. We already address the men and children's situation. If you have people over, he would have to be put away like he's a vacuum. I know finding someone who wants to have a Chucky doll and dog's body is hard, but I have to try. And then they should, I mean, the picture, he's a cutie. He's a little cutie. He's just, it's just a little chihuahua. This is a weirdo, you know? He's got the face a mother would love. Only a mother would love. <laughs> Some people really do like these types of qualities in chihuahuas, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. Um, but, you know, I think he'll be just fine. I think that what they did with this brutally honest, fun thing is probably the best chance that this dog has had to get a home. For sure. Although he's only two years old, it goes on to write, he will probably live to be 21. So through pure spite. So take that into account if you're interested. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I hope this dog finds a good home. I hope that, you know, he goes on, Prancer finds a good home and- Maybe they should try like CBD or something on him. Yeah. Yeah. A little CBD for him. Mm -hmm. You know what else you should not do with dogs? 
what? You should never give a dog marijuana. CBD only. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. God forbid they get arrested in Dubai. Well, let's get into our second story from the dailymail.co slash UK. Businessman, 51, who legally smoked marijuana in Las Vegas before flying to Dubai, is arrested after doctors found traces of it in his system when he had to go to the hospital, and now he faces three years behind bars. Peter Clark, 51, smoked marijuana days before flying from Vegas to Dubai. He flew to Dubai on February 24th for a business trip to look for recording studios. He is a retired game designer and lives in Las Vegas where marijuana is legal. Once in Dubai, Clark developed pancreatitis and had to go to the hospital, and that's where doctors ran blood tests and found the marijuana in his blood. They reported him to the police, and he was arrested and is now on a no-fly list. Prosecutors are weighing whether or not to bring charges against him. What the fuck, bro? Dubai don't fuck around. I didn't know that you... I thought Dubai... Well, I don't know. Dubai is like one of the richest cities in like the world, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think they stayed that way because they don't allow, you know, weed heads and 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 people who go for the wacky tobacco? I I imagine so. They don't mess around. That's not fair though. I mean, like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas unless you have, you know, pancreatitis like a fucking dick and have to get your blood taken. <laughs> yeah, you little bitch. Clark yeah, should have known better. Yeah, way to fucking, like, have your appendix explode or whatever, or pancreas explode, like, dipshit. I mean, Dubai's very serious about alcohol and marijuana and other drugs, and I, I mean, I wish they'd lighten up. Yeah, because I've seen, like, pictures and, like, you know, I, wa- I watched a House Hunters International where a family moved to Dubai, and, like, I was like, oh, Dubai looks lit. And then I found out, like, you can't drink there, and I'm like, oh, Dubai sounds like awful. All of the Emirates have strict laws on alcohol, sex, and drugs, and Dubai is no exception. Expats and tourists over 21 are allowed to drink alcohol, but only at certain places favored by Westerners such as hotels, restaurants, and nightclubs. Non-Muslim residents must buy a license to buy alcohol at shops to drink at home. Weird. Oh, is that why, though? Is it it because it's just a major, um, mostly Muslim country? I believe so. Yeah. I had a friend that lived in Dubai for a little bit and would drive three hours away to another country (laughs) to go drinking with friends. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I guess that makes more sense. I thought it was just like a, I mean, I'm not a huge religion fan in general, but also like (laughs) I, if it's a religious country, it's a religious country. I mean, America is a fucking religious country. So, Mm -hmm. you know. Hell, there's dry counties in Oklahoma where you can't buy beer and liquor on Sundays. And I find that annoying as well. Mm-hmm. You know? But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on it. Don't don't try to bait me into doing it. I won't fucking do it. She won't do it. She just absolutely won't do it. No. Uh I prefer the simpler things in life, like joy rides. Oh, I love a joy ride. I miss just driving. I, I did that a lot in the pandemic. Just had to like get behind the wheel and just go. Go. Mm-hmm. According to our next story from the DelawareOnline.com, a deer joyrides with a Newark man and plays in his house, which is very nice. But the police say that that's illegal. She's a country girl. He's from the suburbs. She doesn't have a license, so her big brother drives her whenever they joyride. 
Messiah L. of Newark was so proud to spend quality time with his new little sister, Bambi, that he uploaded a video to Instagram of them cruising after dark. Some found the video endearing. Others were alarmed, including the police. Bruh, really caught a deer and had her riding shotgun, one commenter wrote. LOL, how the expletive did you even get that deer in your car, though, another wrote. Bro, no way this is legal, one person said. I love when journalists have to quote social media more than (laughs) almost anything. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, direct quote, bruh, really? (laughs) I, um, I don't, I wouldn't look at this and think it was illegal. Is that weird? Yeah, I don't, I mean, if the deer came willingly, like, I don't understand what laws they're violating. Are they an endangered species? I don't think so. No, they're like, they're like a pest. Right? They are. Okay, so what's the... F- that's like having a raccoon in your car or a possum or whatever else some people think are, you know, pests. Yeah, I don't understand why the police are are uh, hassling this couple, this young man and the family. Elle's become a bit of a celebrity since they posted the video of the deer joyriding. <laughs> the unlikely friendship began around February when he first saw Bambi in his suburban neighborhood. Uh, neighbors told him they spotted the white-tailed deer roaming the area. Residents tried to feed her, but she was too afraid and would run away. And he lured her into his house. In- well, don't bring her inside. That's not fair. With dog treats and some bread. They visited, Bambi visited that Newark's home on multiple occasions, randomly showing up in their yard. <clears throat> she, yet he never kept her overnight or put a collar on her, he said. We've bonded, Elle explained. She's like one of the family. I mean, it looks like they, you know, the story goes on to say like all the different things about like, she basically sounds like a pet and that's, that's fine. There's uh, Elle's friend Lex Carr is an insurance broker who had a meeting with his mom in March to learn how to become a real estate agent um, like her. And then while he was at their home, they made a TikTok where he scratches Bambi's chin Bambi tried to give me a kiss, but you know, I didn't let that happen. I'm not letting a deer lick me on the face. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, sounds like a little bit of toxic masculinity. Like, like, damn, relax. Get a kiss from the beer, from the deer, bro. Fellas, is it is it gay to let a, a deer lick you on the face? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, do you know Brother Nature on TikTok? Well, he, I think he started on Instagram. I think I follow Brother Nature. Or have seen their videos. His whole thing was that he had a deer. He had deer around his place and he would like Canela or like one of them had a name. And uh, and he like blew up and got so famous. And now like, I don't know if he's like incredibly famous anymore, but he started to like, he started to get a lot of opportunities to go and do a lot of like animal like parks and things like that you know like wildlife parks and meet animals and you know everyone's like oh look at him he loves animals like just live in his dream and i was like where's his animal planet show like i was expecting something like that but i think he i mean he's fine no matter what because he obviously made a shit ton of money doing whatever the fuck he was doing he got like new teeth and got like a jacked body now but um yeah brother nature he's he's fun to follow Mm -hmm. i follow like I think it's like the real Tarzan and it's somebody that like lives in the jungle and has like monkey friends. Social media is freaking wild, man. Yeah, it's very wild. I'm looking at Brother Nature's thing now. He still has a lot of like 
pictures of like the deer and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, a lot of like a lot of animal rights things, but then also just like some videos of him working out. So, but he's got 2.2 million followers. So get yours, my friend. Get yours. You know who owns Instagram is Facebook. Uh-huh. So when I think about boycotting Facebook, I have to remember, oh, yeah, my favorite social media platform, I would also have to get off that, too. Um, according to the businessinsider.com, Facebook took down the official page of a small French town of Beach, then restored it after being called out. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook gave no reason but restored the page on Tuesday after much press coverage. A nearby town with bitch, beach, B-I-T-C-H-E in his name said it was changing in name or said it was changing its name in case it had the same issue. Also, there's two bitch towns, one bitch and then one like bitches in the name. Radio Melody first reported that the page was taken down on March 19th, prompting officials to create a new one that was named after the town's postal code, Marie 57230. Marie is the French word for town. Facebook didn't give a reason for why the page was removed, but the platform restored it on Tuesday. And it sounded like it said the president, general manager of Facebook, Francis, personally contacted the mayor to inform him that the city of Bitch Pays has been published again and to apologize for any inconvenience that may have been caused. It was first reported by Politico. And once the political article came out, the coverage was uh, rectified. The issue was rectified the next day. Oh, the nearby town is called Rohrbachles Beach. <laughs> That's the nearby. I wonder why they took it down. I can't imagine. Maybe someone, you know, like dated the mayor of bitch for a while. And now they work at Facebook and they're like, fuck you. Socle bleu. I cannot. Uh, I cannot find my uh, my Facebook post about my town in beach, uh, <laughs> and now I am mad. I will write a film noir about this lady. You'll have a maybe? baguette, maybe. I will have a baguette, and I will drive on my bicycle while smoking a cigarette, and, and then I will eat the baguette behind the the river. I only know it, things about Paris. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know much about rural France. No. Uh, I went farming and I was I was farming wine and I wanted to take it to my friend in beach, but I could not find her address on Facebook. I don't fucking know. Is this bit working? Who cares? <laughs> Speaking of who cares, let's get into our next story. Brought to us by consequence.net. Erica's favorite website has been rebranded. They've dropped the of sound. I mean, why? They they made a public Facebook post about such a such a rebranding. Public Facebook post. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. You know, spring is in the air and soon it will be summer and Chet Hanks Son of Tom Hanks has declared that it will be a white boy summer. Mmm. Yay. Chet Hanks is here. He dropped a new song this week called White Boy Summer. The third child of Tom Hanks has long been a powerful argument against his father's perfection. <laughs> From his days rapping under the name Chet Hayes to his insistence that he was allowed to use the N-word, 
Through his odd appearance at the Golden Globes last year when he spent the whole evening talking in a fake Jamaican accent, the man now calling himself Hanks, with an X, has always been an agent of chaos. Hanks' newest venture kicked off two weeks ago when he shared a baffling video on Instagram. Hey guys, I just wanted to tap in really quick, he began. I just got this feeling that this summer is about to be a white boy summer. You know, take it how you want. He did clarify that he wasn't talking about Trump, you know, NASCAR type white, but rather me and Jack Harlow type white boys. Who's Jack Harlow? Oh, I saw him just now on um, on uh, SNL. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we actually talked about this on the Nooner podcast. Um I don't know why I had like high hopes for Jack Harlow being good. And then I watched the performance. I was like, whoa, this is not great. I don't like this. You know, SNL makes a lot of choices that I don't always line up with in their musical guest. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not saying that he didn't deserve to perform. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying like, I wanted like his style of music. It turns out is not of the kind that I like, which is fine. I don't like a lot of types of music. Yeah, it takes all kinds. If you like them, you like them. So now it's here, and as you might have expected, this song about whiteness is a dizzying melange of cultural appropriation. Hanks resurrects his god-awful Jamaican patois, rapping, bad gal, white, don, dada, rude boy, it's a white boy summer. Ooh, I didn't even like reading that. <laughs> I it felt gross to be honest. Uh-uh. That was that was weird. And then he wraps himself in a Jamaican flag for no apparent reason, poses in front of a lowrider, dumps liters of champagne onto dancing models of color, and has multiple shots of his own head getting bounced off dancers' asses. It's a sub-mediocre rap song that doubles as a horrifying gaze into the void. <laughs> That's funny. That's good journalism. Uh, they, I mean, I'm just telling you, Consequence.net brings it when they bring it. Yeah. It's weird. Who's the, I know Colin Hanks, who is a fucking treasure. Mm-hmm. Who's mm-hmm. the other one? Who's the other Hanks? I mean, is he the either is out of the spotlight completely or even more embarrassing? <laughs> uh, looks like Elizabeth Ann. Han- oh, there's four. He's got four children. No. Yes. Tom Hanks' kids, Chet Hanks, Colin Hanks, Elizabeth Ann Hanks, and Truman Hanks. I blame Rita for this. I blame Why Rita. Why do you blame Rita? She's got something to do with it. What? <laughs> what? You're, blame- you're out of your mind. <laughs> you are out of your mind. You leave Rita out of this, okay? I, I'm coming. I'm coming for... I'm I'm pre- I'm here to defend Rita. Tom Hanks is merely a man. Okay, I said it. He's not a god. He's not a deity. I'm looking at Elizabeth Ann Hanks's uh, uh, or Elizabeth Hanks's IMDb because apparently she was an actress in her day. Oh, she was school bus girl in Forrest Gump, and board girl in Dress Shop in That Thing You Do. A prolific career. I'm talking you know, shit. I, don't, I shouldn't. <laughs> you know who's had a prolific career? Ursher? Ursher. I love him. I just love him, but I don't like if he did this. Okay. 
according to the dailymail.co.uk, Usher did tip Las Vegas stripper with real money after he was blasted on social feed uh, after he was blasted on social media for leaving fake bills with his face printed on them instead of cash. Usher was trending on Twitter Monday for allegedly tipping a Las Vegas stripper with his own branded funny money instead of paying her with real cash. The woman who goes by Pisces called out Usher on social media and demanded he be held accountable. Ladies, what would you do if you danced all night for Usher and he threw this? She asked, sharing photos of $120 and $1 bills with the Grammy winner's face on it. Who the fuck has time to make that money? Like, what does he even need that for? I mean, he hasn't put out a new song lately. Maybe he's been printing his own cryptocurrency and he was he misunderstood and just started printing real bills. Well, it sounds like he's going to have an LA Ve- or, um, a Vegas residency in July, which... I would go see. I would 100% go see him. So my Spotify knows uh, the little pig that I am um, and uh, suggests songs out of nowhere that I just haven't heard in a long time and one that came up recently. Uh, we all know, of course, that Usher, Ludacris, and Lil John did Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows that song. Uh Next thing I do is all up on me screaming, yeah. Whatever. We all know that one, of course. They did another song together that I did that did not get as popular called Lovers and Friends. I um, remember Lovers and Friends. Yeah. So that one came on in the car and uh I remember I can't remember where I was going, but I was with I was with uh, my boyfriend and we were in the middle of a conversation and I said, Honey, um, you have to stop talking. I'm I have I I have to it's this is going to get to the chorus and I'm going to be unable to listen to you anymore. I'm being honest, I'm being here. This is bigger than me. And mm-hmm. sure enough, like he was like, uh, "Okay." And I was like, "Tell me again." <laughs> that song is fucking very good. And I don't think it's like good, <laughs> but it's good to me. <laughs> I love it. I love it yeah. so much. Got to do some research on that residency. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. This is going to be an open call for listener submission stories. Have you ever been trash in Las Vegas? Please hit us up at www.trashytrashypodcast.com. Drop us a note about why you were trash in Las Vegas, and it might get read on the show. We might be doing a surprise-themed episode soon, so please let us know if you've ever been trash in Las Vegas. Is that su- a surprise with the way you just pitched it? Not really. I'm not good at pitching. <laughs> I didn't have it written down. <laughs> Should we keep it in anyways? Let's keep it in anyways. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I mean, and and you know what? These things always anonymous if you need them to be. You tell us mm-hmm. what stay what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas until, you know, maybe we talk about it on the show. But it's anonymous. Of course, of course, of course, of course. You know who was trying to really remain anonymous? <laughs> the subjects of our next story. Okay, so according to USA.com, USAToday.com, excuse me, not USA Yesterday, Hitman outsourced a murder to a Hitman who then hired a Hitman who hired a Hitman who hired a Hitman. Okay, so a Chinese official charged six men including five hitmen 
with intentional homicide last Thursday after all individuals attempted to subcontract the killing of another to a hitman. <laughs> all like the, <laughs> all five hitmen were sentenced to between two to four years in prison. The intricate would-be job was first contracted by real estate developer Tan Yuhu in October 2013, who, according to CNN, wanted to kill a rival developer who sued his company over a dispute over a development. Tan then paid Zai. Tan paid Zai around $282,000 for the job. Zai then took the money and used half to hire another hitman, Mo, to do the job. A release from the Nanning Intermediate People's Court said. Okay, so then Zai asked tan for more money and then around the same time mo contracted another person yang paying him about half of what he was gonna make and then yang offered it to another man named yang for another like smaller payment this is ridiculous who's a hitman who's actually gonna do it (laughs) (laughs) like if you want to see a job done you got to do it yourself (laughs) that's what i always say i (laughs) this story (laughs) like i don't contone murder obviously (laughs) but like (laughs) yeah (laughs) yang the, the second yang ended up tasking the hit to a fifth man ling For a measly $14,000. So, I mean, this is also just like maybe how a lot of business works in like the United States also, where it's like, oh, we paid this company to do this and then they're outsourcing it. They're like, yeah, we'll do it. But then they like outsource it to these people so that they make a profit. And then those people outsource it and outsource it and outsource it. And then by the end of it, Oh, wow. I've just went to a dark place. You ever call customer service and it feels like you're talking to the same woman that you talked to when you were calling customer service from another company? Yes. I have had that experience. Where like, I'll get on the phone and call like Delta customer service and then I'll be talking to someone where I'm like, God, this woman sounds a lot like the person who helped me reboot my internet a couple days ago. And I'm not convinced that she's not the same person. Mm-hmm. It's like almost feels like weird, like physics. And then I start to like, I'm like, am I having deja vu? Like what's going on? And then it's like, it's probably a simpler answer. Mm-hmm. Ling said the developer ended up faking the murder, staging an image of the developer with his hands tied, and then circulated that through the chain of hitmen back to Tan, the businessman who hired the first hitman. So oh my God. Ling reached out to the rival developer to tell him about the hit and staged it. <laughs> this needs to be a movie. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it will be. Okay, so let me just get this straight. The original job cost $282,800. And then it was contracted out for half of that money. So that's about $141,000. And then the first hitman asked for another $141, which $141,000, which means that Tan is ultimately paying $420,000, if I'm doing this math right. 
And then it just this is a pyramid scheme. This is a Hitman pyramid scheme. This is this is an MLM of Hitman. <laughs> What's MLM? Multi-level marketing. Oh, cool. The developer eventually would report his would-be murder to the police. <laughs> I'm glad no one died. I'm very glad nobody died. I mean, this is goofy. That was a, that was a goofy story, huh? That was ridiculous. Do you ever think about like? Do you ever have you made plans about like when I'm murdered by a hitman? When, <laughs> yeah, what you'll do? <laughs> no, I just always make sure that I'm wearing like you know cute underwear in case they cute find underwear. my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I used to think about that like you know if you ever get held up hostage in a bank and he's like everyone get in your underwear it's like I don't want to I don't want to regret this. I think about that all the time. I think Isn't about that, crazy? that all the time. It's like getting kidnapped and then they strip everybody down and then you're uh-huh. like, it was laundry day. Sorry. No. Yeah. No way. I, I You'll never catch me dead in a bank with period panties on. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. I got off track because you had a very good uh, segue coming. <laughs> Well, this next woman in our in our Slate.com story thinks about what's going to happen to her if she dies, and she wrote in to Prudence for advice. Oh, Prudence. My best friend refuses to be my kid's designated guardian. She says she doesn't want children, but I think she'd be a great mom. Bitch. All right, whatever. Let's read it before I get my fucking, <laughs> my opinion all in this. I'm a single mom of an amazing six-year-old boy. I asked my best friend if she would be his guardian if anything happened to me, and she said no. She always said that she didn't want children, but she's so great with my son that it really shocked me when she turned me down. I'm not close to my family, and I wouldn't want them raising him because of our different values. My son's father has never been in the picture. He would have absolutely had no interest in raising my son, and I wouldn't want him to. My friend has babysat my son and even had him for weekends, so I know how good she is with him, and he loves her. She's a great person, but not conventionally attractive, and she's never been in a relationship. Whoa. I think she's always said she didn't want children because she knew that wasn't in the cards for her. Maybe it has become such a habit that she actually believes it now. I think she would make a wonderful mother. She's the only person I want to raise my son if I'm not around. So So I'm thinking I have two options. One, Work on convincing her she always comes around if I keep at it long enough. Or two, drop it for now and express my preference and my will and leave a sealed letter detailing why she's the only person I trust with my son. Which option is best? Is there a better way to convince my friend that she should take my son? I'm not ill or dying. I just want this sorted out for my peace of mind. (laughs) This is literally the idea of like you telling your partner... If I became paralyzed from the neck down, Stephen Hawking style, would you still love me? Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, uh, I don't lo- know. Love you, but would I take care of you? I don't know. <laughs> it, like I didn't sign up for that, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, the circumstances are, are hypothetical. So, uh, uh, so the response is, dear please... Both of these options are absolutely appalling. Don't attempt to pester or guilt your friend into changing her mind and don't make her the de facto guardian without her consent. Neither. No, absolutely not. I think you may be working from a strange definition of friendship. Perhaps it's worth stopping to ask yourself whether you're really this person's friend. Do you respect her and care about what she says? Do you genuinely value her as a person and care about what she wants? Or are you only interested in getting what you want from her? 
I'm not going into your bizarre condescending theory that she doesn't want to have children because she's not conventionally attractive. Instead, let's focus on the facts. Being good with your kid, babysitting him on the occasional weekend, even caring and loving for him is not the same thing as being his parent. Your friend has even told you that she doesn't want to be your son's guardian. Even if you are right that she would be a wonderful mother. Mother? Oh, that was cute. A wonderful mother. A wonderful mother. I liked that. Don't take it out, please. That is not what she wants. You asked. She said no. That should be the end of it. Respect her enough to respect her decision and make a different guardianship plan. This is this is bananas. This is bananas for so many reasons. Should I just surprise her with a kid in my will? That can't what, be legally binding. Yeah, like who gives a fuck if you have this fucking eerie sealed letter? Ain't no, but that's not legal. Mm-hmm. I I just feel like her. She is straight up not respecting boundaries. <laughs> no, and also like that whole weird, th- this whole weird thing of like. People thinking that they know what's best for their friends and other people. Look, we all have fucking opinions about each other and what each other does. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's best for someone else. That's something that I've had to learn in therapy. I can't take care of everyone else. I can't make decisions for them. They're living, breathing human beings. My opinions ultimately are my opinions and they do not fucking matter. And I certainly can't control my friends' lives whatsoever. Speak on that because that is a lesson that I had to learn as the mama figure, you know, as the guardian of a lot of people when I was younger, you know, emotionally. I took that on myself. Like I wasn't asked to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, it happens. And of course, like everyone wants to be like helpful and things like that. And, you know, she can tell her friend all she wants. Oh, you're so good with my son. You really be a great mother. Like, and then and then the woman can go, I don't want to have kids. And then that can be the end of the discussion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that really is the end of it. You can think that about someone, but that doesn't mean fucking anything. And you can't force that. You can't force your opinions on someone else. That's fucking bananas. You know who it reminds me of? Fucking Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Mary Cosby, who had to marry her grandma's, like, husband. Uh-huh. I was like, who made that decision? They preyed upon it, and it, it wasn't in the will. Like, that was the original narrative, that mm-hmm. it was in the will, but that was something that they preyed upon after the death and came to that conclusion. Okay, so maybe it's not the exact same situation, but it's still... I mean, this is so weird. And then, and also, like, to think that your opinion is so right about your friend that you start hypothesizing as to why... She would be such a good mother. I wonder why she doesn't want to be a good mother. Well, maybe it's because she's ugly. What the fuck? I don't want children. I've made that decision for myself. And I'm fucking banging. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a smoke show. In my opinion, I think that, you know, you're a, you and your partner are both really smart, capable people, would be great parents. And is it a sh- is it a bummer that the world won't be blessed with uh, a smaller version of you? Yeah. However, fucking whatever. Kids are a lot of work. Kids are a lot of work and money and time. And if you don't want to do that, don't do it. I want to be everybody's aunt. 
I want to be like yeah. Oprah. I want to be like Dolly Parton. I want to be a good, good aunt. Yes. And you will be a great aunt to my future children. I cannot. I mean, I can wait. And that's your decision. <laughs> but I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, I'm working on these things in therapy. You know <laughs> Take out your IUD. <laughs> <laughs> you know who should have gone to therapy? Oh, well, who? Good, 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 good. Good segue. I like it. According to the New York Post.com, former Walmart employee drives into store after getting fired. As you do. A disgruntled former Walmart employee in North Carolina is accused of crashing into his old workplace and driving through the aisles, a report said. He must have been thinking about that like for like a while. Like as he was working, he was like, man, I would be sick to just cruise through these aisles. Uh-huh. Lacey Gentry, which is a very North Carolina name, 32, was fired in February, allegedly rammed into a Walmart store in Concord at about 6 a.m. on April 2nd, Fox 46 reported. He may have had some problem with the way management was handling the issue that he had with them. A brilliant visionary, the top of their class, uh, Concord police spokesman told the news outlet. Wow. 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 If you take your car through a Walmart, there's going to be extensive damage. And the aisles are wide <laughs> enough, so there was a lot of property damage. Oh, my God. Get the spokesman an award. What what military award can we get them? They're doing... <laughs> Give them a purple heart. I know they weren't injured in the line of duty, but they need, they need high honors. Because, like, I <laughs> wouldn't have known. Are spokesmen always this obvious and I'm just being like a hater right now? Because <laughs> like, if I don't you, know. This is just very funny to me. <laughs> if you are so down in the ranks that your only job is to be the spokesperson to the media, like you must have accidentally shot a kid and then they're like, okay, Tony's off active duty. He's only a spokesperson now. These goddamn unions. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, he drove his car into the Walmart, Mm, maybe because he was upset with getting fired. I don't know. What do you guys think? (laughs) Yeah. Gentry is charged with breaking and entering an assault on a government official with a deadly weapon. Oh, that's no good. A car is a deadly weapon. It truly is. Speaking of a car. Ooh. Cars have tires. And that's what our next (laughs) guy. Oh, my God. You should be a spokesperson for a police department. Dear listeners, transitions are not easy and I am doing my best. (laughs) Dear listeners, I love Erica and I have to poke fun at her. (laughs) According to azfamily.com, Maricopa woman finds tire slash and a severed finger in her driveway. A couple in Maricopa woke up to their tires. Oh, you literally just said that. Um, Oh, Francisca Wickoff said, I literally have been laughing all day because if I don't, I might cry. Woo. Woo. That's that's my approach to things usually, but I've never had my tires slashed and a fucking finger in my driveway. So that's fair. The truck belongs to the Wickoff family. Wickoff, a former volunteer firefighter and EMT, has the stomach for this sort of thing. It's pretty comical. You think that if you're going to go to the hospital, especially if you just severed your finger off, 
that you would take said finger with you, said Wickoff. The fuck does she think happened? So this guy was on his way to the hospital and then he decided to hit my tires on the way. Funny. Uh, I just, like, yeah, you need the finger to go with it. Like, you can't get it reattached if it doesn't have the finger. Wickoff believes the tire slasher cut her back tire and then cut his finger off on accident. (laughs) We assumed it had happened at 1030 last night because we had our neighbor that lives next to him had heard a loud scream and then a car speeding off. (laughs) What the... (laughs) yeah it sounds like what it happened spokesperson said oh my god we got one after another i love it the maricopa mother believes the finger belongs to her neighbor because they argued with him right before and the trail of blood leads to his house i don't find joy in anybody hurting themselves however karma has a good way of working itself out Oh, the neighbor wasn't home on Thursday and Wickoff said he hasn't been home all day. Arizona's family reached out to the Maricopa Police Department and haven't heard back. Wickoff said no arrests have been made. Only the finger so far has been taken into custody by police in a brown paper paper bag. Well, I got the better hand, said Wickoff. Ooh, Ooh. and a comedian to boot. (laughs) Try some open mics, Wickoff. Holy shit. (laughs) Do a tight five with your dark sense of humor. I can't put my finger on it <laughs> but i think i'm not trying to point any fingers but i think it was my neighbor because i heard him scream at 10 30 last night anyways i've been laughing all day so that i don't spiral into sadness <laughs> fucking psycho <laughs> what people will do for love oh wow and you know what brings us to our next story so beautifully. According to sci-fi.com, a few years ago, Thad Roberts, the fun name, Thad, who was in love with his girlfriend of three weeks, decided to show her a grand romantic gesture by stealing moon rocks so they could jam the rocks under their motel room mattress and have sex on the moon because Roberts interned at NASA. So he didn't have to go far for the moon rocks, but he had to circumvent NASA's security system, which is a heist worthy of Ocean's Eleven. But of course, things went wrong for the sextronaut when he decided to sell the moon rocks on the internet. Oh, Thad, come on. You take them, you have sex with them, you return them. This is how this works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know how many hundreds of thousands of people worked to put a man on the moon? And then you're just going to steal moon rocks for for sex with your girlfriend of three weeks? That's not what bothers me. What bothers me is that he tried to sell them after. Nobody wants your used sex rocks. Put them back to NASA and get it over with. (laughs) He wasn't really a criminal, said Mesrich. I'm assuming that's the the police officer involved. Mm -hmm. He didn't really think through the side effects. He didn't really think through the after effects. I asked him dozens of times over the year, how did you think you were going to get away with this? And he said it just wasn't part of the thought process. He only thought of it as a college prank. He even thought, even if I do get caught, what's the worst they'll do to me? What they did to him was send him to a a federal prison for seven and a half years. Do you think she stayed? Yeah, she's writing him letters to this day. You can check out the video of him stealing the rocks on CTV. 
we will link it on our Twitter, face or Twitter, Instagram, and uh, website on our show notes portion, so you can watch the heist happen. Everyone's favorite problematic king, Justin Timberlake, has a song that I like quite a bit called "Spaceship Coop," and it is about having sex in space. Ooh, how would how would that work? Spaceship Coop. There's only room for two, me and you. With the top down, we'll cruise around, land, and make love on the moon. Would you like that, girl? Well, speaking of dicks I don't like, let's get into our next story. According to the dailymail.co slash UK. (laughs) Two drunk friends were left with swollen penises after injecting each other with a pile scream they heard could give them extra girth. I need to Google quickly what piles is in UK (laughs) because, oh, it's hemorrhoids. Okay, great. They got funny words for stuff, huh? Those British people. (laughs) Thanks for listening, UK listeners. We appreciate you. You and your piles. (laughs) The Frenchmen, both in their 30s, watched a YouTube tutorial that offered a bogus tip on how they could get bigger penises. We were watching the YouTube and we saw that they were giving bigger penises with the piles cream. And I thought, okay, my friend, we take shots and then we give each other shots. It told them to inject themselves with anti-hemorata cream, sometimes used to treat piles, to boost the size of their members. But instead of experimenting on themselves, they decided to eject each other. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> Hey, hey, dude, I've got an idea. You don't want to do the accent? Hear me out. Mm, nope. What was that? What was that? Hear me out. Nope. <laughs> I can, sometimes I can do accents and sometimes they just don't come to me. Hear me out. <laughs> Hear me out. You put your dick in my hand and I'll put <laughs> and I will inject it. You put your dick in my hand, I'll put my dick in your hand, and then bada bing, we'll have bigger girth. Oh, we will have the girth that we want. Remember when we saw the guy who put the hemorrhoid cream on his lips and then his lips got big and, you know, and we want big lips? Maybe it was the same thing. But who's, why does it got to go inside? That's my question. I don't understand the injection of it all. So both men complained when it hurt that it hurt when the medics touched their peepees to inspect the damage. <laughs> ow! Ow, you ambulance man! Ow, you EMT! Whatever they are in France. After you the funny gr- doctor! <laughs> After the gruesome pictures published in a medical journal showed the extent of their swelling. Eww. Icky. So medics feared that the cream blocked lymph vessels in the penis, stopping the body from naturally clearing excess fluid and causing it to swell. Ow. Yikes. Both men were told to rest and take painkillers in hopes that the swelling would go down on its own. Did it say how old these men were? Oh, they're in their 30s. Oh, come on, guys. That's something you do when you're 21. What the fuck? So it said that it may have been motivated for a desire for a large penis in order to increase self-esteem or to achieve enhanced sexual performance, or it may have been part of chemsex practices. What are those? Great question. These guys are dumb. Yeah, these guys are big dum-dums. 
<sighs> your, your PP is perfect just the way it is. Thank you, Aika. Now we know. Gosh, I hope it doesn't age bad to do a French accent. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we <laughs> we find out like the entire country of France is just like murders, and then we're like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> they make fun of us. Well, we, it's a good thing we made our plans then. Speaking of of you know accents and France and Europe and things like that, our next story comes to us from. <laughs> Euronews.com. This is a listener submission from Maya Worthy herself. We love. Mm-hmm. There's a mystery animal sighting in Krakow, but it ended up being a croissant. When animal welfare when animal welfare workers in a Polish city of Krakow were called out to a sighting and of an unusual animal squatting in a residential area, their initial reaction was that it must be a late April Fool's joke. A woman with desperation in her voice called them to say that the creature had been sitting in the tree across the road for two days and that everyone is afraid of him. People aren't opening their windows because they're afraid it will go into their house. But as it turns out, the beast wasn't a bird of prey as officers hypothesized, but it was a croissant. So I looked at the picture and like this croissant certainly does look threatening in like with its positioning in the tree. (laughs) (laughs) I just, <laughs> it looked threatening, okay? It had a gun and it <laughs> it had a note that said it would go off at any moment. <laughs> it had a bomb strapped to its chest, a la Looney Tunes. Yeah, I mean, like some people thought it was like a bird or an iguana or to me, it looks like, you know, I, again, I'm watching so many Marvel movies. So to me, it looks like an alien cocoon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In a lighthearted account of the events, the officer, who calls himself Inspector Adam, describes how the caller insisted the animal was not a large bird, going on to suggest it could be an iguana. The, they said, when they got close to it, they're like, the poor guy had no legs or head. He said the pair were almost swept off their feet by laughing attack when they realized the animal was, in fact, a flaky pastry. It's better to check and be pleasantly disappointed sometimes unfortunately very rarely laugh, than not react, which can sometimes lead to a tragedy. Oh, that's nice. So they're like, thank you for your concern. This almost was an alien cocoon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Are you ready? I think I'm ready. Okay, let me ask you again, but a little bit louder. Are you... Ew. Are you ready? Yeah! It's (laughs) time. I'm a warm-up comic for our show. (laughs) It's time for the dumpster fire of the week. Go, girl, glass. Yes. According to Vox.com, the author of Girl, Stop Apologizing had to apologize twice in a week. The Rachel Hollis controversy points to bigger problems in white women's self-help. Okay, so I have issues with this Rachel Hollis lady. I think we've talked about her in a previous episode. Yeah, I believe so. Previously, amongst many of her crimes, but she uh, posted a Maya, Maya Angelou quote without attribution and acted as if it was an original thought, which bugs the shit out of me. Yeah. Also, she has four children, and their names are Jackson, Sawyer, Ford, and Noah. 
which I don't like. Mm-hmm. Sorry to all our listeners with those names. <laughs> I like your parents. <laughs> Earlier this week, influencer and best-selling self-help author Rachel Hollis apologized for appearing to compare herself to Harriet Tubman. I know I've caused tremendous pain by mentioning prominent women, including several women of color, whose struggles and achievements I couldn't possibly understand. The author of Girl, Wash Your Face and Girl, Stop Apologizing wrote an Instagram post. The post has served as her second apology over the controversy, which has been roiling in social media for nearly two weeks. Hollis's ill-fated Harriet Tubman comparison emerged in a now-deleted TikTok video posted in late March in which she responded to charges that she talks about the sweet woman in her employee who cleans the toilets and that she sounded unrelatable. So I want to make sure I understand this. So people were like, you sell these self-help books, but your life is completely different than other people's. Yeah. So basically she was saying like, oh, I have someone that cleans my house. Specifically, she used the phrase cleans the toilets and listeners accused her of being unrelatable. So then she said, what is it about me that made you think I want to be relatable? No, sis. Literally, I do everything I do in my life is to live a life that most people can't relate to, which I read that and I was like, Oy. yeah, that made my vagina go dry and just my my body tense up. After outlining some of the ways in which she sees herself as exceptional, including her willingness to wake up at 4 a.m. and fail publicly when she has to, Hollis comes to the conclusion, literally every woman that I look up to is unrelatable, she says. If my life is relatable to most people, I'm doing it wrong. The video caption reads, Harriet Tubman, RBG, Marie Curie, Oprah Winfrey, Amelia Earhart, Frida Kahlo, Malala, Wu Zetan, all unrelatable as fuck. Happy Women's History Month. Okay. <clears throat> like, I get what she's saying, I guess, mm -hmm. in the sense of all the women I look up to. Well, do I? What's the fucking, what's the appeal to being unrelatable? Yeah, I mean, uh, the article states that it's clumsy at best and racist at its worst. I'm not going to touch Harriet Tubman, obviously, because Harriet Tubman is a fucking, like, hero and legend and absolutely unrelatable for myself, a white woman, to, like, the only thing that Harriet Tubman and I have in common, as far as I know, is that we identify as women. Um, I can just look up to her and appreciate what she has done for history. Mm -hmm. But we're talking, but like some, that's, that's I, don't, I don't know. Like, that's just kind of weird. Like that, that's like the, that's the jump of like, I want to be as unrelatable as these women. Oprah Winfrey is unrelatable because she is wildly rich, but also she's not that unrelatable because otherwise she wouldn't have been successful. She's a fucking talk show host. That's the whole point. Is to be is she's relatable. Exactly. And like Rachel Hollis has built her whole brand as this like lifestyle guru and that I'm just like you, but I can get out of bed and wash my face. Like it's so condescending. It It is. Or like RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like she was relatable because she was a bad bitch. Like the things that make her relatable are things that we want to find in ourselves. It's not like. We don't want to, like, isn't that the whole point? Yeah, 100%. And, like, a lot of people get up at 4 a.m. to go to work. 
that doesn't make them less of a person or not getting up at 4 a.m. doesn't make them less of a person. Like you're, you're wildly rich and have built this lifestyle based off of saying, I'm like you, but I, I do it a little bit better. Also, I would argue that like waking up at 4 a.m. every day is not the lifestyle that I strive to achieve. And I don't really want to feel bad about that. Yeah, I can work hard and get up at 10 a.m. Yeah, I mean, like, when I think about, like, oh, this person wakes up at 4 a.m. so they can be as productive as possible, I think of, like, those insane, like, things with, like, uh, what's his fucking face? Mark, um, <laughs> who's the guy? Oh, no, he's from Boston. And he's, like, a, a dumb actor. Mark Wahlberg. Was well, like, Mark Wahlberg wakes up at 4 a.m. to, like, work out. And it's, like, like, oh, okay, cool, Mark Wahlberg, like, whatever. Right. Like, he's an actor, I guess, and that's, but there's also actors who don't do that, and that doesn't make Mark Wahlberg better than anyone else. Yeah. Like, everyone works as hard as everyone else. Uh, like, especially the woman that is cleaning those toilets. That's hard-ass work, and we should stop putting value on people just because they have money. There's a help self-help author, Lou, I hope I'm saying her name right, Lovey Ajayi Jones, and she said, the privilege to fail so majorly so often is one I or any black women woman do not have. People try to destroy us for much less. Meanwhile, she goes on to sell 2 million books without effort while saying appalling things. She still has 1.7 million, million followers. That is privilege. I mean, look, she has an audience. Her audience is a lot of other women who are predominantly probably white, but I'm, I don't know, who do like the, who, who like the, the energy that comes along with the whole like girl boss thing of like, if it makes you feel empowered to wake up at 4am and if it makes you feel empowered to live a life that is unreal, I hope it doesn't make you feel um, empowered to have people like clean your toilets personally. But like, if it makes you feel empowered to be a boss, I get that. I like being the boss too, but like mm-hmm. it's, I think that like some people just kind of don't want to like, you, you have to recognize the privilege that comes along with it. Yeah. And it it's the way she phrased like, the woman that cleans my toilets, it's like she has a name and that's a noble fucking profession. Yeah. Like, it's just so dehumanizing in a certain way. Like, I, I'm not throwing shade to people who have housekeepers. Like, no. If I could employ someone and like and provide them income, like if I could afford that with my income to give someone else income to like improve my life and like give someone a job, like great. But that's not like I'm not any better than them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think uh, that she, you know, like by saying the woman who cleans my toilet, the sweet woman who cleans my toilets, like it just feels like really demeaning. And then I don't know, like just there's just like a really big tone deaf element to this. Like there are some self help women and who are white women who I feel like don't miss the mark this hard, mm-hmm. you know, and like. And obviously, like, there's great self-help people of color who don't miss this mark. So I'm not, I'm not shitting on seeking out self-help books. I'm not shitting on 
feeling empowered as a woman. I, but you know, just check your privilege a little bit. A hundred percent. It's, it's mostly Rachel Hollis and her whole brand of quote, like being relatable and then saying, I'm, I do nothing to be relatable. Like her, her involvement with the MLM culture really bothers me. And like, I just learned today it's multi-level marketing. Yes. Which Erica is very much against. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, she's, she's, she uses a lot of like words from like African-American vernacular English and like calling people sis. And it's just like, or even like having the beginning of all your books be like, girl, girl, do this. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I don't even know if this is the right thing to say. You tell me. Um, I talk, like, I say girl, and, like, mm-hmm. I don't really say sis, but, like, I, I it's just because it hasn't made it into my particular way of speaking. But, like, I know I know where it came from, and I, I'm not, like, right. a, I'm not, I don't know, like, I'm not using it. Hopefully, I'm not using it ignorantly. And if any, if anyone told me to stop, said, "Hey, I don't like the way you talk like that," I would fucking stop. Yeah, I would listen. To I don't. Those. I don't own that language. I don't own this way of of the this vernacular English. I don't own it. I'm just I'm using it, and because it's popular culture way to speak. But like, if I gotta stop, I'll stop. Mm-hmm. No, I think is that weird to talk about. I don't know. No, I think you're correct. Yeah, like. Once you recognize, like there, like language is is evolving. Language seeps through, and like most of the language that we use comes from like queer black community, and that yeah. like that has become like the dominant language in a lot of ways. But we don't always recognize and attribute it to that. Yeah, I mean it's it's pop culture, and like it's the it's the it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier with like. When I was saying like, oh, I want to, I want to enjoy a Dia de los Muertos. I like that holiday, but there's a way for me to do it mm-hmm. that isn't like offensive, right? Right. I can appreciate it, but not appropriate it. Yes. Yeah, so I believe this Hollis may be appropriating a bit. Agreed. Agreed. Boo her. I mean, what are you gonna do? Like I said, like I I know people who have read her books and who have enjoyed her books, and mm-hmm. I we might even have listeners who have, and that is okay because I, you know, you don't sell two million copies for nothing. You know, there's probably useful information in that. I think it's just kind of like I think if anything, this just goes to show that like these people who seem to have everything figured out don't mm-hmm. you know and ideally this is not how they're humanized but you know yeah people Just, can be both things people have multitudes don't make people your deities no no don't do that what are you hoarding this week baseball is back baby it's baseball season it's baseball season, just in time. Yeah, I don't know. I like watching baseball. And um, they uh, sometimes my work holds raffles where they're like, put your name in the raffle and maybe you'll get baseball tickets. I haven't won one yet, but fingers crossed. Hell yeah. Hell I'm yeah. Baseball. I, love, I love baseball. I'm a big Dodgers fan. I love baseball. That's all. What are you hoarding? 
I'm hoarding a show on Netflix called The Circle, season two. Oh, shit. When did season two come out? It came out this week. Fuck. Yeah, it's back, baby. It's back. I'm sorry. Sorry. I I had to Google what I was throwing out um, to make sure that I got the name right, and then it made me gag thinking about it. Teaser. Okay. Oh, let me get through this. The Circle. Yes. So I watched that in like, I was on a fucking European trip and I was like so jet lag. And so I would watch it in the middle of the night. And I think I finished it in like two, three days. So for those of you who don't know, it's a, it's a competition reality show where they lock people in apartments and you have food, but you have no contact with the outside world except for through your other contestants. And you can only message them, like text message them in this like computer interface. And you get to choose what image that you project to them, like what your profile picture is. And you can catfish people. So you don't have to yeah. play as yourself. It's like a it's like a weird social media kind of experiment that also like was very predictive of COVID. Cause when I watched the first season, I was like, wow, like these people are, these people are losing their minds in these apartments. Like this is Netflix is crazy. Like this is the kind of shit that like scientists in the seventies would do and not tell the government about, you know, (laughs) and Netflix is just doing it. Like it's, it is so fucking interesting. Like, yes it's a competition reality show and like whatever but like this is this is so much more than that this is a social experiment it really is and it's narrated by michelle bateau and i absolutely fucking love her yes and she just provides little fun commentary on everything and it is (laughs) it is so damn good yeah, gotta watch it. Oh my god, what this is this is exciting. I didn't know that they had another season out. Fuck, I'm in the middle of all these Marvel movies. Oh, can I take time off? I might need to. You might need to. Uh, I'm also hoarding Dogecoin. Hold the line. Dogecoin's going to the moon, baby. We're gonna be a dollar by July 4th, and I will be a Dogecoin thousandaire. You'll really? never. Yeah, you'll never see me again. You'll never hear from me if Dogecoin hits a dollar. I also have money invested in Dogecoin that I did a long time ago. Is it because I put it on this? I put it on this podcast, didn't <laughs> I? Yeah. I was right. <laughs> yes. Dogecoin to the moon, baby. To the moon. Stock tips. Stock tips from two people who don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Dogecoin's fucking popping up. I've made like. More than $100, I think. I don't know. I haven't checked it. Like, because I'm just like, I'm just going to let this do what it's going to do. I'm going to yeah. look away. But how much did you invest? Is that is that inappropriate to ask? Tell me off air. Okay, I'll tell you off air. Uh, <laughs> uh, are you throwing anything away? Yes. <sighs> okay. It had been brought to my attention that there is a product that mothers use for, oh my God, this is going to be so hard to talk about. That mothers use for their children's. It's like a it's it's a straw that you put in your kid's nose and you like suck out suck out the hookers. <coughs> Is this real? It's real. <laughs> you gotta Why? suck the baby boogers out. <gasps> they can't. They aren't strong enough to blow their noses yet. This is fucked up. This is honestly. So fucked up. I 
I found out about this and I was I was gagging, like similar to how I am now, just gagging, gagging, gagging. I was like, well, you don't like the boogers don't end up in your mouth. No. Like you just like <coughs> but it's like you have to like <coughs> I need to stop talking about it. I'm throwing that out. Okay. But how will the little babies blow their noses? <coughs> I don't care. I don't care. Oh, yeah. I'll be a good mother someday. <laughs> this sounds like, there's no way. Mama Trashkin, did you have to do this with me? Like, this sounds like some millennial parent shit. I'm sorry. Like, there's no way that our, our like, bad to the bone, fast and loose parents in the 90s were sucking boogers out of our fucking noses. And there's definitely no way that their parents above them were. Like, I don't know. I'm not trying to like enforce some weird like societal stuff, but like maybe these babies are weak and we need to make them blow their own noses because this is fucking disgusting. <laughs> My Twitter is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What are you throwing out? What are you throwing out? I am. I am going to throw out consumerism for May. I will pledge in May to not buy new clothes, new accessories, like nothing new, nothing used. I will buy, I will pay my bills, I will pay my rent, and I will pay for food. And that is it in May. No new May. No new May. You're not even buying used things, you said? I'm not, I'm not acquiring anything new. I am going to try and and I have had a habit. I am going to, you know, really try to not spend any outside money in the month of May. Dang, that's interesting. Maybe I should do that too and then we should see how much money we save. I yeah, I should do a journal about it because I I got two packages in the mail today and one was from Poshmark and one was something new and I was like God damn it, I need to quit. Like, I don't have anywhere to wear this dress. I don't have anywhere to wear these new Betsy Johnson boots that I got off Poshmark. Ooh. But they're fabulous. I'll post a picture on our Instagram. So I uh, I, I bought some things off of Shein after watching a TikTok video. And then the next day I was like, why the fuck did I do that? God damn, Shein will get you. It'll get yeah. you. It adds up. But also it's so cheap and it's like, you know, while you're doing it, you're like, I know why this is cheap. I know why this is cheap. Mm -hmm. I know why this is cheap. And then you fucking do it anyways. Yep. Their labor is completely exploited. It's, I know I'm in May. Hold me to the fire. So I, that's Damn. what I'm going to do. That's cool, Erica. Uh, update on our contest. Uh, we are still trying to get to 100 reviews in the month of April, and this episode will be coming out on April 19th, so you will have 11 days, if you can hear my voice, to get your review in. The cheese is sold out, so we will come up Eat with it. an alternative prize. But it'll be worth it. It'll be a good prize, but just know we tried to get the cheese. It is sold out. The monks said no. The monks denied us the cheese. We shouldn't say that. They they just they were sold out. There was no monks that told us no. 
which good for the monks, you know what I mean? Yes, of course, we, they needed that, and I and I would attribute that our podcast um, pushed them over. <laughs> I I think we drove the traffic into the site. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a trashy, <laughs> trashy bump. Where can people find you, Cass? Uh, you know what? This Monday, so you're getting this. You listen to this right now on April 19th. I'm almost positive that I'm actually on All American tonight on the CW. Let me just double check that really fast. Tell them where they can find you, and I'll and I'll get that information. You can find me at iconic Erica Curry on Instagram or at Gilly Gal on the Twitter. Great. And you can find Cassandra at at, at Cass Cardi. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was going to do it for you. Uh, do it. And you can find Cassandra at, at Cascardinas on Instagram and on Twitter. And and I will be on. I will be on. The The episode is called Put Up or Shut Up. The original air date going to be 4-19-2021. Uh, Olivia attends a new Narcotics Anonymous meeting in search of a sponsor but is worried about making the wrong choice. What is she going to do? I'm Who not knows? Olivia. And every Tuesday night on the Nooner Podcast at 7.30 on the Smodcast Radio Network. That specific time, you can also catch us potted. Awesome. And you can find this podcast at Trashy Trashy Pod on Instagram and on Twitter or always at www.trashytrashypodcast.com. Give us those Vegas stories, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're vaxxed and fully ready to visit Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> now you're really spoiling it. I'm just letting everybody know I am at the drop of a hat. I would go to Las Vegas right now. I miss it so much. I yeah, man. I want to get. I want to get dirty. Let's get rowdy. <laughs> okay. Hey, Cass. What's going on, girl? Stay garbage. You stay garbage. Oh, I will. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.